Good evening and welcome everybody to another edition of Two Guys on the Mic. I'm one of your hosts, Ron Pierce, and I am the only host today as Big Sean is indisposed. He has a prior engagement, so he can't uh, be with us right now. However, you got me. I don't know if I'm going to be as entertaining. I don't know if I'll be as argumentative. <laughs> I hope I'm not on the show arguing with myself. But uh, I'm not sure how this is going to go. I've done it by myself before in some previous shows. So it's been a while, but uh, I'm going to give it a go today. You guys are stuck with me. But I wanted to make sure we got some content out. I wanted to make sure we got the show in before uh, this weekend. This weekend is actually a pretty big sports weekend. We have, uh, of course, the Browns versus the Chargers on Sunday. We also have a huge heavyweight fight uh, between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder coming up on Saturday night. We'll, uh, we'll touch on that a little bit. And we'll also talk about Ohio State. But there's a, a couple of other college football games that are pretty big going into Saturday, and I might touch on those just a, just a slight bit because I'm actually kind of excited for some of the things. And we also have the baseball playoffs. I know here in Cleveland we're not as uh, into it as probably we would be as a tribe or in it. But nonetheless, it is October, which means it is Major League Baseball playoff time. So we'll, um, this is just a full weekend of, of sports. So what we want to do or what I want to do is to get into uh, this Browns game as quickly as possible because I don't have anybody to talk to. <laughs> it's, just, it's just me. So before I get started, uh, you'll probably see me look down a lot. I got my computer up. I have my my notes out. I tend to have notes anyway, but uh, I'm probably pretty heavy on the notes today because it's just me. So I have to make sure that you know my content and everything is right. And I have enough to have a decent, a decent show. You know what I mean? Uh, also, right before I get started, I want to put this, put this out there. I, we're playing the Los Angeles Chargers in LA. The Los Angeles Chargers were, <clears throat> until recently, the San Diego Chargers. I have a very tough time not calling old teams, or excuse me, not calling new teams their old names. I tend to always go back to whatever their old name is. So every time I mention the whole name, I'm going to try to say the whole name every time. See how many times I either hesitate or how many times I actually call them the same name. So let's roll. Let's get it. So this weekend, as I stated earlier, there's a pretty big uh, football game happening in Los Angeles between our, my Cleveland Browns, my 3-1 Cleveland Browns, tied for first place, by the way, and the Los Angeles, I already did it, the Los Angeles Chargers. They are 3-1 and in tied for first place as well. They play on Sunday at Four o'clock our time, one o'clock out west. This team, the Chargers, is they're they're pretty loaded. 
but they're pretty intimidating defensively. They can be intimidating on offense as well. They have a lot of weapons. They do a lot of things really well. And it generally starts with their offense, excuse me, with their quarterback on offense. Their quarterback, Justin Herbert, is one of the new young sons in the league. I think between him and Josh, Josh Allen out of Buffalo, these two guys are looked upon as basically the, the new or newer blood in the NFL. Got your new, you know, big time quarterbacks, franchise quarterbacks. Guys that'll be more than likely carrying teams to uh, deep in the playoffs, if not into championships, is what the expectations of these guys are. And I'll be honest with you, they so far seem to fit that bill. They seem to handle those situations. Uh, so them being uh, Herbert and, and Josh Allen. But specifically now I'm talking about Josh, excuse me, I'm talking about Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert is a problem. He's a big kid, he's 23, but he plays the game. He looks in the game, he looks like he's 32, and he's been in the league for uh, 12 years, not two. You know, this kid is a this kid is, is a monster, and we're going to have a problem with him. And definitely, we're going to have a problem with him if we don't get to him on Sunday. So we'll start with uh, last week. Last week was the first game I've watched of the Chargers. I haven't watched any game like in its totality until last week, uh, their Monday night game against the Raiders. The other games, I, I saw pieces and parts of it, uh, and I definitely have seen highlights of their games. So last week, I sat down and I wanted to watch this team play. I wanted to see what they did well. I knew that they did a lot, though, but I wanted to see what they did well. They were playing the Raiders. They were at home in SoFi Stadium. Beautiful freaking stadium. From what I understand, it may be the best stadium in the league. Beautiful freaking stadium. However, it was half filled with Raiders. Let's not forget the Raiders were just in LA not too long ago, but Raiders fan travels well. So it looked like kind of a role game for these guys, and it sounded like a role game early on. Justin Herbert just dealt with whatever he needed to deal with and made that game his game by the end of it. Uh, by the end of it. It was clear that he was the best quarterback, especially on Monday, between he and Derek Carr. And it was clear that his team was the better team on Monday. And that's what we're getting ready to roll in on. So on uh, on this past Monday, Justin Herbert you know, he got sacked a couple times. He, he got hurried. Uh, the Raiders have a pretty pretty decent defense and a decent front line. They, they do a pretty good job of getting pressure. And it showed early on. They batted down a few balls. They, again, they, they got a couple pressures on him. They, they definitely got a couple sacks. And it, it made things a little bit difficult for him early on. And he just eventually figured it out. Like I said, it still looks like a savvy bet. He doesn't look like a, a rookie who maybe has never done this or maybe hasn't been in this specific situation 
uh, multiple times. He looks like he's done this a million times. Like he could do it in a sweep. And you just saw that he just kept at it. And he just, you know, yeah, I got sacked last time. Or we did it three and out last time. Then the next thing you know, he's got a five play drive. Then you saw him you know, knock something downfield. He's just going to keep coming. So you have to disrupt his rhythm. You've got to figure out a way to disrupt his psyche. And definitely on the physical side, you've got to touch food up. Um, he is very, very adept to – he reads the field well, first of all. Let me start there. He reads the field well. He doesn't have a, quote, unquote, favorite receiver where he just leans into this one guy 10, 12, 15 times. Now, he can. I just don't know that that's what his strongest suit is. I believe his strong suit is reading the field, going through his progression, and finding the, the, the best individual uh, who should get the rock. Now, that doesn't mean that he doesn't know who his hot guys are. It doesn't mean that he doesn't know where his mismatches are. What it means is if he looks at that mismatch or he looks at that hot, and it doesn't look right. He tends to be smart enough to just look it off and, and, and go to the next three. He's he's been that good. So he's very, very, uh, very adept to you know going through his progression and finding the right person. He spreads it out really, really well. He really does. And I'm, I'm I don't want to like talk so glowingly of it, it makes it sound like he's uh, the second coming to Joe Montana or, or Tom Brady. I think he can be beat. I think he can. Um, I think we can force him into some, some mistakes. And I'm just being honest. This kid looks really, really good from what I've seen and from where he's come from in this short period of time. So, he's he, again, he likes to spread it around. But who does he like to spread it around to? Who does he have offensively that should worry us or should bother us? Well, let's start with Keenan Allen. He's a vet. He's been around. I call him Mr. Uh, reliable. He just seems to be one of those guys that every year he's probably going to get you about 90 catches, 80, 80 to 95 catches, 1,000 yards, 12 touchdowns, 9 touchdowns, somewhere in that range. He's just one of those guys that's going to come back next year. He's going to probably put up the same numbers or similar. That's who he is. That's who he's been. He's done it for multiple years. And he's done it with different quarterbacks as well. So it's just his MO. It's just who he is. I like Keenan Allen. And these guys, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, another reliable a reliable receiver who's starting to kind of come into his own. When he came out of college, everybody was super high on him. Everybody thought, you know, he was going to be great right out the gate, and he kind of was, and he had to work that transition. I'm sure some of it was the offense, some of it maybe the quarterback play, but he's found his niche with Urban. Last year, dude had 10 touchdowns. Um, and he's kind of on pace to be not necessarily score 10 touchdowns, but he's on pace right now to be one of those favorite guys, like a guy that I know I could hit 
when I get him, he's going to make that catch. So they have some guys that can give us problems, give our defensive backfield some problems. Also, let's say we are capable of covering Keenan Allen, which isn't impossible, but let's say we cover this guy, and then we cover Mike uh, Williams. Well, I've already told you, he likes to spread it around, and he's pretty good at reading more expressions. He'll just look up the field and go to Jared Cook. Again, another very reliable, another very competent uh, tight end who's been around the league for multiple years. He's been on multiple teams. It's probably not a coverage or a, 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 a look, a game that he hasn't played through or played in or, or learned and can see it from the line. And he gave the Raiders fits last week. He kind of torched the Raiders. Like, I almost believe that that was – that he was the start of the Raiders kind of unraveling. They couldn't cover the middle of the field at all. And that's what Jerry Cook – I think he – Jerry Cook had six catches for 70 yards and a tug. So that's pretty a, a pretty solid call for a tight end. So we, we, we got to pay attention. We have to make sure that we understand. And why am I going over this so much, so hard, so deep? Because these guys are going to be – we don't hear these names all day, and that's when you say, all right, well, we got this guy covered. We got that guy covered. We also got this guy covered down the middle. We got this kid coming out of the backfield, Austin Eckler, who is a dual threat. Just like Green Hunt is our dual threat, this kid is a dual threat. Um, <clears throat> he can beat you over the top. He's fast. He's shifty. He can run. Uh, he can break tackles. He can block if we need to stay in the pass block. They have a lot of pieces and parts to that offense that are beyond uh, basic and beyond competent. These guys are really good at what they do. Uh, and Justin Herbert makes them at least somewhat better because that's what your quarterback has to do. That's what he should do. And these guys actually pull that off. If there's a weakness to me, if there's a weakness, that weakness uh, exists in that offensive line. It's not that they're bad. They're not bad. They're just not good. Those guys are not good. Excuse me. They're just not great. They're not great. I'm sorry. They're not. They're. They're not bad. They're just not great. Like they're not. If if our offensive line was a hundred percent, they're not as good as our offensive line. However. These guys are, are good enough, competent enough to protect Herbert when they need to protect him. Herbert's shifty enough and quick enough in his reads to get that ball out. That's what you don't want. We don't want to have this guy kind of, A, we don't want him sitting back there just chilling. And secondly, we want to make him not just shift. We want to make him have to make a decision. So if there's a weakness, I think, that's the point of attack. That's the offensive line. Uh, and I'll get to that a little bit more as I get into uh, these parts of the game. Now you move to the defensive side of the ball. We have some, some 
presser, young man over there, uh, Derwin James, safety, um, all pro safety. Then you had Joey Bosa, all pro defensive end. Most of us know Joey Bosa as he came from this area. He used to go to the Ohio State University, all American, you know, great, great uh, problem on the corner for the defenses all throughout the nation, as well as definitely to the Big Ten. And then he just turns that all over and goes into the NFL and just keeps that train going. This dude is big, this dude is fast, this dude is athletic, and he will be in the backfield tomorrow. Uh, excuse me, on Sunday. He will be in that defensive backfield. He's going to be in the defensive backfield on Sunday. It's that, it's that simple. So we have to be prepared to see this. We're going we're gonna to see this. We're going to see this. We're going to hear Joy Bosa's name tomorrow. And we're probably going to hear it multiple times. So we should get ready for Joy as four sacks and seven quarterback hits on the season. So, and that's, that's four games. So they got a sack a game and about two hits on the quarterback per game. So again, I'm here for this. When you, when you turn your channel to the game on Sunday and we have the ball, you're going to hear about the Bulls. He is basically, he's our Miles Garrett, right? Again, we're, it's not that we can't get past these guys, because we can. We can. We can get bodies back. Now, let's flip over to the Browns. And I'm going to get back to this defense and our offense versus their offense and defense versus defense. Let's switch over to our team. Cleveland Browns. Now, start with our quarterback. We all know that uh, Baker had a really tough game uh, last Sunday. Probably one of the worst games, definitely the worst game he's had this season. One of the worst games we've seen him have in a bit. It's been a bit. Baker's been playing decent football. He's actually played pretty well in some games, too. <clears throat> and he's definitely played well enough to not lose us games. So, and, and I know that's going to sound a little bit weird. People are going to be like, hey, what? 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 Almost like I'm trying to take a shot at Baker. I'm not. I'm just being honest because. I've actually kind of started to come to certain revelations. Um, and I'll get to that a little bit later as well. But Baker had a really tough game last week. He was just off. He was off. And he was terribly off. And he, he spoke on it and he said he was terribly off. I did as much as I could to not really try to chop this dude in half. But, you know, again, I'll get to the rest of that part of it. We're going to need to have Baker be on on Sunday. Now, how on can he be? I don't know. But he's got that separated shoulder. I'm sorry. He separated his shoulder for the labrum. And he's playing in pain, which everybody in football plays in pain. So I don't – I'm not an excuse me. I'm not going to try to make – you know, uh, what this one dude does bigger or better than what somebody else does. 
unless they give me a reason to point it out. So I'm hoping that they didn't bring out and bring up the torn labrum to uh, belabor the point that he's hurt so that if he doesn't play well, people will just give him a pass. If you don't play well, you don't play well. And if you're not going to play well, then you need to come out of the game. That's my thought on that. But again, Baker needs to play well on Sunday, period. We got to make those throws. We cannot miss wide open guys. He cannot overthrow, underthrow, and just completely and totally miss guys, especially if their shoulder is hurt. If you get guys in the flat, you know, uh, he had Demetric in the, in the flat. Uh, he, had, he had Hunt in the flat. All you got to do is throw the ball, man. We don't need you out there taking hits to uh, try to prove a point. We need you to play smart, and we need you to keep your head. So if Baker can manage that, I don't even want to get into the numbers that he still had. That's how bad he was last week. But if Baker can do what we need him to do on Sunday, he can do it. Now, I have some encouraging parts of our offense. Of course, uh, the running game is the running game. But the other encouraging parts of this offense is Odell Beckham. Odell looked really good last year. I mean, this dude was open a lot. He was he was open a lot. Like they had a real tough time, uh, Minnesota did, in covering. Now I mentioned Derwin James earlier. I'm not sure where they're gonna be putting OBJ, but I'm quite sure wherever OBJ is, Derwin James will be hanging over the top. So it's an opportunity for some of the other guys, uh, DJ to step up. Um, excuse me, uh, Njoku. You'll probably see a little bit of, of Derwin James as well. Um, Harrison, not Harrison Bryant, um, uh, Austin Hooper. You know, we have capable, very capable pieces and parts to our offense as well. We just have to make sure they're utilized, especially in the, in the past game. Uh, we saw Higgins last week uh, play a pretty big part, almost coming out, out of nowhere because he hadn't played in three weeks four weeks and then all of a sudden you're in boom you know dropping your lap and he actually had a, had a pretty solid game he had decent numbers uh on on sunday so going into this Sunday, of course the running backs that's our bread and butter that's our bread and butter hunt and chug are the bread and butter they're you know the, the sticks and stones of this offense and if they can keep it going. If they can keep running, and if they can keep running downhill, and they can keep averaging, uh, what is it, six yards a carry, I believe? Somewhere close to six yards a carry. Last week, he averaged, uh, is that right there? Oh, uh, really? Yeah, last week, we average six yards a carry. So we can continue to do that same thing. It'll it'll neutralize Joy Bosa and give us an opportunity to uh, you know to win this game. Now, why did I just mention the amount of yards that we can get if we can neutralize Joy Bosa? Because that defense gives us up about five yards per carry on the season. 
know, now they, they do a good job against the pass. But our goal and our key and our, our, our strong suit is going to be on the run game, in the run game. Right? We have to run that ball. We got to punch this thing down the throats to slow them down, to potentially bring some of those guys into the box, scare those guys a little bit, thinking that we're just going to run it, run it, run it, run it, run it. And then you got to take your opportunities to catch them sleeping in those gaps. We can't take goofy chances. We got to take smart chances. And, and again, that's kind of where, where Baker comes in. Because again, this defense plays really well against the pass. They played well against David uh, Carr last week. They played well the week before against Patrick Mahomes. Both of those quarterbacks are equally good, if not better than Baker Mayfield, just on a talent line. I don't think David Carr is better than Baker, but people will put them about the same or close to the same. We already know Patrick Mahomes is better than uh, Baker. If we don't think that Patrick Mahomes is better than Baker, then stop. Okay? Let's cut it out. Now, again, our advantage on when they're on defense, it's our run game. And we have to enforce our will. We have to make this thing work from the run game and from the screen. I think the screen game will play a big part tomorrow as well. I just think it will. Um, the other problem that we have this offensive line. Our offensive line is beat up. Jedrick Wills probably ain't going to play. I, I'll be honest, I've been saying it for a couple of weeks. I don't think that he should. I think he should have sat out two weeks ago. I think he should have sat out last week because he looked, he looked bad. He doesn't look great. It's not like, okay, I'm going to play and then I can do all the exact same things that I need to do. He, he hasn't been able to do that. He hasn't been able to, uh, to maintain that. So, my thought is get him out of there. Let him sit down, let him relax, let him rest, and get better. So now you have new guys pulling in there. Chris Hubbard's out for the season, if I'm not mistaken. I think I, I saw that a little earlier. Um, so he's, he's out. So I don't know what we're going to do and how long Jedrick is going to be out. I thought they should have gave him a week. When he first got hurt, I thought they should have gave him a week. The week after he first got hurt, I thought he should have had a week last week as well. So, but that's just me. I ain't a coach. I don't run um, football teams, et cetera, et cetera. Hold on a second. Sorry. But I don't run football teams. I don't make football teams and, and football decisions uh, work and all that good stuff. I do have a fantasy. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all I got is a fantasy. So uh, defensively, if we go to the defensive side of the ball, we already know what our deficiencies are and our puzzles on offense. Our, our defense is playing lights out for the second week in a row last week. Um, I'm pretty impressed. We're in the top we're, we're a top 10 defense overall. Um, we're 
I think top five or top three in runs, which is impressive. That that says a lot. That's one of the things that we wanted to shore up uh, within his last year, year and a half, and we've been able to do that with the additions of you know Carney and Jackson and Dow, Tack McKinley, all these guys. You know they they play well in certain situations, and we cause so much pressure. Sometimes even just getting pressure on the quarterback causes you know, that, that pass rush pressure also helps get to the run. So uh, we also got uh, Anthony Walker returning tomorrow. Uh, that'll be big for us. That'll be huge for us, having Anthony Walker back on Sunday. So Anthony Walker, JOK, that's my guy. It'll be great to see how he fits into what we're what we been doing because when he was playing, he didn't look super great. Now we look really, really great. So let's see how uh, he's able to incorporate himself into what we do uh, best, and and, and that's that's going to be uh, interesting to see. And again, let's see how our DBs play against uh, their wide receivers and, and some other receivers uh, out of the backfield or whether it's a tight end. Because our, our DBs have been playing super, super, super well. Really, really well. I've been impressed with what with, with every one of them has been doing. Greedy, one of the guys who got my game ball last week. Uh, of course, uh, Denzel Ward, you know, uh, Grant Delphic. All these guys are playing really, really well. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all comes together and plays out. Uh, once we get into the game tomorrow. So let me get into what I think uh, is going to happen tomorrow, key for the game, for the Browns. I think, again, like I said, the key, one of the keys to the game is, of course, our defensive front. So that front four, whoever is out there, whoever it is, needs to get pressure. We need to keep containment, but we've got to get pressure. One of the great things, and I pointed this out over the last couple of weeks, uh, my guy, he, here's the thing, with that pass rush, so you got Miles over here, or we got Miles over here, or we got Miles lining up in the middle. Wherever you have Miles lining up, the offense has to account for them. So all of those names that I named earlier, uh, the, the receivers and, and stuff for, and the, and the running back for, the Chargers for the Los Angeles Chargers. One of those guys are going to be taken out of the offense just about on every play because they got to account, they got to chip, and good teams will chip. The Chicago Bears were not a good team, and that was not a good plan, and that was an awful scheme, and they just let Miles Garrett run berserk. I do not believe that this team. A has a good enough offensive line to go one-on-one all day long with Miles Garrett. And if they do, they don't have an offensive line that's good enough to go one-on-one with Jadavia Clowney and the rest of that defensive line. So they're going to have to chip. They're going to have to double-team. That could take Eckler out of a couple plays. That could take Jared Cook out of a couple plays. Again, we have to see how that manifests itself. But that's an advantage that we have. So that defensive line has to enforce 
uh, their will on this game. They have to, whether it's through the run or whether it's getting pressure on this quarterback, we have to do it. That's one of our keys uh, on a Sunday because if you don't get to this guy and give him, uh, make him force a pass or take a sack or throw it away or there were a couple of balls batted down last week too. So we can put our hands up and just we have to disrupt the rhythm that this guy has. And I put that squarely, solely on Joe Woods and that defensive uh, front. Two, the second key to this game is Baker Mayfield. Baker, you got to get it done, folks. I, I don't know what else to say. I don't, I don't know any other way to do it. So to put it, Baker has to get it done. Baker is the second part of this game. Baker has to play better. That's, you know, that's, it's that simple. And third, the other key to the game. The other key to the game is the offensive line. Offensive line, I don't, I don't know how well we're going to play, but we, we got we to gotta grit this one out. We got to give the run game enough uh, room to run, and we got to give fake enough time to get those passes off. So those are my three keys. Both of the lines of Baker Mayfield, all of that stuff has to go well in those clusters. So let me move on into uh, my picks for tomorrow, or my pick for t- uh, the game, for Sunday's game. And for the first time in First time in a while. I'm picking the, the, the home team, which is the team, our opponent's team we're playing against. I think the Chargers are going to win. Um, I think I, I have the score 31 27. And I think it's going to be because of the, um, the offensive line, our offensive line not being. A, a cohesive unit that we've remembered it being from last season and even coming into this season, one of the strong points of the team, and it's not that right now. So now you're going in against a team at home that has a pretty uh, solid pass rush. I think it's going to be a problem, and I think it's going to kind of play out uh, in the game somehow. So I, I'm, I'm picking the Chargers. First time in a long time. Don't 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 beat me up, people. I just don't think that tomorrow. I don't think tomorrow will be our day, but I don't think it'll be. I don't think we'll get blown out, and I don't think that it'll be something that we can't, you know, walk away from and and, and put uh, adequate pieces together moving beyond that game. All right. So um, let's move on. I, I told you I had. Another little piece to talk about. So we all know Baker again had a bad game on Sunday. A lot of people had a lot of different things to say. I've been in a lot of, I'm in a lot of sports groups anyway on Facebook and stuff. So there's always Browns talk and there's always talk about any any player in any sport that anybody wants to talk about. We always have those those conversations and those moments, right? Well, this week it's been a lot of talk about Baker Mayfield, how bad he was, how poorly he played, and, and, and the opinions and the thoughts have gone all over the place from 
you know, OBJ is running the wrong routes to, uh, oh, Baker, Baker's been great. We might need to get rid of OBJ just because he doesn't have a chemistry. I've heard it all, even parts of it, you know, all falling on Baker. And I've done everything I could to really be fair and to and to be supportive of Baker. I really have. However, I'm a real fan. I'm an objective fan as well. I can look at things differently and I don't have to support it uh, to 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 love the Browns. I don't have to support stuff just to love the Browns or to like Baker Mayfield or to like the team. I, I It's like if your son stole something from Walmart, it doesn't necessarily mean that your son is a bad kid. However, your son did steal that. So instead of acting like he didn't do it, just say, yeah, he did it, man, and he got to go do whatever he needs to do. Baker played like trash. Baker said as much, right? The other day on ESPN, Bart Scott, who is, to me, a notorious Baker hater. He's, I don't know that he's ever said anything good, hell, even, even anything decent about Baker Mayfield. So part of this, you got to understand where it came from. Part of this is, is, is tough to swallow because he said some tough stuff about Baker. <clears throat> so he said basically that Baker Mayfield is the most replaceable quarterback in the NFL. And I'm sure he meant out of starters. Now, that wasn't the whole, that wasn't the entire statement. But that's the part that everybody kind of jumped, you know, uh, over the moon about. I actually saw the, the, the clip from where he said it. So I actually got an opportunity to hear what happened prior and then all the way through what he was saying. But that part is the part that got printed in, in articles and, you know, they always clip pieces of parts because it's clickbait, right? Man, these guys are going berserk. Now, I had to be honest. I went and I looked. I did some research. I tend to do that. I like to be an informed person. You know, I like to be an informed voter. I like to be an informed shopper. I like to be an informed parent. You know, I, I want to know what's happening so that I can, you know, I think it's only fair. That way I can make a, a judgment, a fair judgment. I can, I can honestly look at something and say, yo, I know why they did that. I know why they said that. I know where that came from, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I, I listen, and I can't wait to ask Sean this. So I went, look, I looked up Baker's actual, uh, actual numbers from this season, not from last season, this season. I, I, I didn't do that. Now, Here's the thing, before I get into his numbers, and, and, and this is, Baker has to, 
and I say this all the time, Baker has to be better, right? Guys like Bart Scott, guys like uh, what's the goofball name? Uh, the, the, the the white guy that the I forget his freaking name. The white guy that has the show on uh, Fox. Um, <coughs> he hates Baker, uh, and I can see his stupid face. Can't can't call his name. The uh, I almost had it. I was this close, but he. Guys like that. And then also, you get the guys in the just regular guys that sitting at home, the armchair guys who come after him. Last week's game was... Last week's game was Baker Mayfield's milkshake game, I call it. Y'all remember that song by Khalees? It was, it was his milkshake game. His... In the, in, and for those of you who don't know, in the song, Khalees says, my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. Well, how in the hell and what does the milkshake have to do with Baker Mayfield? The reason I said this is his milkshake game is because he played so poorly in this game. His play brought all the haters to the yard. All the guys who've been quiet for two or three weeks showed up they all had something to say all of them rose up a little bit like oh see 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 now i don't ever consider myself to be a hater i'm actually a fan of baker i think that baker is our quarterback and i think we got to ride it out and see what happens and i came to that conclusion after watching what i watched last season especially during the second half of last season and into the playoffs the first game wasn't an awful game. The second game wasn't an awful The first game was actually a pretty decent game. The second game wasn't awful. The third game wasn't awful. The fourth game was atrocious. <clears throat> so what did I just say? First game wasn't a bad game. Pretty good. Second game wasn't great. It was decent. Third game wasn't bad. It was decent. Fourth game was trash. So we really haven't had a really good game for Baker. Haven't. We haven't. The question is, why the hell not? What are, what are we still waiting on? He's in the second year of this offense, right? So what are we waiting for to have Baker have and be talked about and be considered like we consider Herbert and like we consider Allen? I really don't know. Now, again, I'm not trying to come down on Baker. I am actually being an objective football fan. I'm, I'm leaving my Cleveland Browns fandom back there. I'm, I'm not in my feelings. I'm out of my punk-ass feelings. So I want you guys to be out of your punk-ass feelings. And look at this objective. What game have we won this year that we won because Baker was so good? I don't think we have. That doesn't mean that we won't over the course of the rest of the season, just to this moment, because I was looking at this in a vacuum. It's Baker replaceable. And looking at his numbers, this dude has a QBR of 40. 
He has two touchdowns. Not a single one of those two touchdowns in these four games has been to a wide receiver. He has 925 yards. It's not terrible. It's not great. What is that? About 250 yards a game? About-ish? A little under that? A little under that? Yeah. Like 225-ish, something? And he's got the two picks. I'm going to say it again. 40 QBR. I think he's like 60, just under 66% or right at 66%, if I'm not mistaken. So the, the, the percentage isn't bad. It's bad. It's not bad. Let me be sure of that. But the percentage isn't bad. It's in the 60s for certain. And uh, what did I say? We're talking about 40 QBR. Uh, percentages are in. Hold on a second. I'll pull it up right this second. And of course, because I said what I wanted, it went to something totally different. Totally different. All right, here we go. Uh, what did I say? I said it's right at or right under. So he's at 65, uh, 0.655. So that's 66%, right? Not awful. It's not awful. It's not. You know, but, but it's not great. It's not. I don't care what nobody says. That's not great. He could be better. So 66%, 40 QBR. Two touchdowns, not the receivers, two picks, under a thousand yards. Does that if I didn't say that those were those were Baker Mayfield's numbers, what would you say about that quarterback? Say he was a starting quarterback. Would you stick with him? Or would you replace him? Or would you think about replacing him? Or do you think those numbers are great, good, or or bad? Most people would line themselves up on the side of those are bad numbers. Most people would. I tend to say with those numbers, he's very replaceable. With those numbers, he's very replaceable. And I'm looking at it in a vacuum. Not overall, I'm not looking to replace him. I don't want to replace him. I'm not asking to replace him. What I said, though, was Case Keenum could put those numbers up. Case Keenum can do that. And if Case Keenum had those numbers, and let's say Baker was sitting on the bench, we'd all be like, man, if they don't put Baker in this damn game, even if we was three and one, because everybody would be saying what well, we all know. Baker hasn't won a game for us. Baker's play hasn't elevated us. I didn't blame him for the week one loss because I still don't think it was his fault. I don't blame him for much of anything. I mean, we won the next three games, right? So I'm not blaming him 
I'm just saying these are games that were won. We probably were going to win anyway. I know that Baker played so great that that's why we won or that Baker did something so awesome in the game that pushed us over the top. We could have said that last week. Had he hit OBJ, he, he could have thrown three touchdowns, OBJ. He could have thrown three touchdowns. The little fade in the corner, which he threw, I mean, 10 yards out of bounds. The the one pass he hit the defender in the back, but OBJ was five or six yards behind him. And then, of course, we all remember the one where he airmailed and threw behind him on a wide open route. That's three touchdowns. Yeah, it would have only been one touchdown to, I mean, to one receiver, but that's three touchdowns. That would have been three touchdowns to receivers. Three touchdowns. You scored three touchdowns in that game last week. Minnesota's out of there. We don't even have to come down to the end of the game. And that's the stuff that I'm talking about. So the way that Baker's playing right now, he could he is replaceable. And on the bigger side of that game, if Jared Goff was replaceable, why isn't Baker Mayfield replaceable? Just just being honest. Jared Goff has done way more than Baker has done. Just looking at, you know, the resume. This dude has has, has won his conference. He's won his division. He's won his conference or his old conference. He's won his division multiple times, if I'm not mistaken. He's won his conference. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's been to a Pro Bowl. Tell me where I'm wrong. Tell me when I get cold. You know what I mean? So, again, I'm not bashing Baker. I'm. This is a very intriguing conversation to me. And as a guy who was able to pull back my feelings, and look at this objectively, I had to say, Baker, I don't know if he's the most replaceable, but I had to look at it and say, man, damn, this dude is very replaceable, especially with these first four weeks, and if he's hurt, and if he's so hurt, that it's affecting his throwing, or it's affecting uh, how he plays, or, 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 you know, how he, what his mechanics are, and how he, how he, you know, uncorks that ball, then what would it hurt to put him on the sideline just to let him get some rest and let Case Keenan play? What would it hurt? What would it hurt? But I guarantee you, if he gets, it's a very good chance that that damn shoulder is going to get hurt on Sunday playing against this defense if we don't, you know, especially with this offensive line. It's a very good chance. So we got to figure this thing out. We got to pick up the pieces. And Baker, again, you got to do better. I'll tell you something that one of my bosses told me. Man, you do great work. But you got to take the thoughts out of other people's minds about you not doing what you're supposed to do. Like, you got to take that argument away from you. Doesn't mean that you ain't doing your job. Doesn't mean that what you do ain't been good enough. But there's always a little bit more. So do that 
to keep them dudes out your pocket. Baker, you got to keep them dudes out your pocket. I know Baker's cocky ass will say, oh, I ain't worried about what nobody say. And that's fine to an extent. But you need to start worrying about some of that. Because it hasn't looked good. And it went from what I saw in the uh, Kansas City game, which was pretty good. And now it's trending down. That's not good. So we need you to, to, to figure it out. Again, you know, that's another reason why I don't think that we're going to win. I just think that he's going to be on uh, a little bit too much. That's just, I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. You know, honestly, I know a lot of people that are out there in L.A. who made the trip from here. So I'd hate to be wrong, or excuse me, I'd hate to be right. And they made that trip, spent all that damn money, and we come away with nothing. Especially if we go out there and, it's, and, it, and it gets ugly. So I'm hoping Baker figures it out. I'm hoping uh, I still got beer left. That's the problem with a 4 o'clock game. You, you start, you know, some drinking it at least. And next thing you know, you're you tank. I don't plan for that to happen, but that's, I'm, you know, I've, I've heard that that's what happens to some people. <laughs> All right, uh, let's let's move on a little bit. Uh, so Ohio State, Ohio State played Maryland. Uh, they played Maryland on Saturday, and I don't know that there's much to talk about. We should win that game. We should win that game easily. We should win that game big. That's my expectation. Uh, the offense has been playing well. C.J. Stroud has been playing well. Of course, Chris Olave, uh, Travion Henderson. We've we've been playing well. And the defense actually has come around. I've, Sean and I have been on the defense a little bit. I know that we haven't necessarily been playing like the the cream of the crop type of teams, but we have played well uh, over the last couple of weeks. And I think that going into this Maryland game at home, it should be a pretty big win. I, I picked it out. I picked it out at 45 to 10. That's what my expectation is that fight. I mean, I'm, I'm reading my thing about the fight as well while I'm talking about Ohio State. But 45 to 10, that's what I think is going to happen in Ohio State. Now, Saturday night is a heavyweight fight. These are probably the two best heavyweights that are out. Never been a big Anthony Joshua fan. I always thought he was, I don't know, I just thought he was fugazi. Never bought into the dude. Wilder, I thought, was good, but Wilder struck me as just that, a little wild. I never thought he was a great boxer. I just always knew that, you know, he was a he kind of threw haymakers, and he just beat people up. Not necessarily a, a boxer, though. Tyson Fury, on the other hand, I thought was a pretty solid boxer. He had pretty decent skills. You know, he's just he's just a big dude. But he, he uses this smush thing that he does where he just kind of leans and lays on you. And that, I mean, at 280-something pounds, 290-something pounds, that shit wears you out. 
And that's a tough game for a guy like uh, Deontay Wilder. Here's the crazy thing. This is crazy as hell to me. Deontay Wilder weighs only about 40, 45 pounds more than I do. Now, I'm not 6'5". I think he's 6'5", right? I'm not 6'5", but I weigh, you know, slightly under 200 pounds. So it's crazy to see how big that dude is and think, man, that's only 30, 40 pounds. I could be there in a minute. You know, ain't that crazy that I could be considered a heavyweight? I wouldn't do it, man. I'll lose weight like a mug to avoid that crap. Uh, <laughs> I ain't trying to fight. Look, I can sit here and, and criticize the hell out of Deontay Wilder or Anthony Joshua or Tyson Fury. I am not about to get in the ring with none of them cats. They can have that shit. Um, but in this particular fight, I, I, to be honest with you, I think Tyson Fury has won the first two fights. I know they called the first one a draw officially. But I thought, I thought he won that fight. The second fight, we all know who won that one. That was a. This fight, I don't really see where. I, I again, styles make fights, man. And this dude's style is, it's just not Deontay's forte. It's just not what he does well. Deontay needs to stay on the outside. He needs to, you know connect with a, a lot of those wild punches and he needs to keep the action up I think that's where he's his at his best when it's when it's action when he's when he's throwing punches to get guys into spots that they don't really want to be in because honestly you don't want to mix it up with this dude. not a lot you don't want to mix it up a lot some people can stand in there for a minute but I don't know how many minutes you're going to be able to deal with that on the flip side of that coin, like I said, Tyson Fury uses this smush thing where he boom, boom, and lays on you and he pushes you and he, you know, bangs you in on the on the uh, ribs and then he kind of pushes you up, boom, boom, again, and he lays on Like, it's a tactic. It's sort of, uh, Evander used to use a similar tactic. You know, he just lays on the guy and he just tires him out, tires him out, tires him out, and it slows down the pace. And it, while it's tiring this guy out, it also slows the pace of the fight and keeps him in control. And I don't think that Deontay Wilder will do well, just like he did in the last fight. I don't think he'll do well with that. Um, hopefully he'll do better. Hopefully he'll do better. Hopefully it's a good fight. Hopefully he's out of his own head and we'll see what happens. But I picked uh, Tyson Fury to win this. I just, I just think he's a little bit too big. What I've seen in the other fights, I don't know what he can do. Uh, Wilder can do different to get a different outcome. I just don't know. So I'm going to go with, uh, with Tyson Fury on, on that. So that pretty much wraps up. Uh, our midweek show. I look forward to seeing you guys on Sunday evening or some point shortly after Sunday evening because on Sunday we record our uh, post-game show. So I look forward to seeing you guys then. 
until then, you can hear this show and all our other shows streaming on our iTunes, on Apple uh, Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. That's for your audio streaming and on the video stream. You can visit us at Two Guys in the Mic 216 at uh, YouTube.com, of course. Don't forget, come check us out. Like and subscribe. Hit that subscribe button, please. And thank you, comment. We try to uh, respond to all of the comments as well. Uh, two Guys in the Mic on all of those audio streams as well. Uh, two Guys in the Mic 216, I'm sorry. And also, don't forget to come and check us out on Facebook and on Instagram under the same uh, moniker, Two Guys and a Mic 216. Don't forget, again, to like and to comment and to follow and all of that good stuff, man. I appreciate you guys so much. Um, Sean, I miss you, big homie. Can't wait to get back in the lab with you uh, so we can do this as a tag team. Uh, but I have fun. I think I got out a lot of content. I hope I didn't sound goofy. It's always weird talking to yourself or seeing me as though uh, you're talking to yourself. But uh, that's it for me, man. I'm RP. And uh, I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. Stick with us. Stay with us. And we're going to make sure we get the, the best content out uh, possible. Thank you. Appreciate you. Love you. Welcome to Cleveland's newest and Cleveland's best sports podcast. This is Two Guys in a Mic with your hosts, Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Let's go. You've just listened to Two Guys in a Mic. With Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Tune in to us on Sunday after the NFL games for our next podcast. Until then, peace.